Breidenberg. I am on the faculty of the law school uh, and one of the faculty hosts for our series that we've been running all year uh, with Charles. And I am delighted to give you Charles to do the uh, formal introduction of our terrific guest speaker tonight. Thanks, Thanks Charles. Joel. So Joel Breidenberg from the law school. And uh, so welcome everybody. There was confusion about this week's lecture, so Joel, thanks for your patience. And I know some people weren't sure if we were on tonight, so thank you for coming. So uh, Professor Shalem Kulibali is um, our special guest this evening. He's an old friend uh, from Machane Yehuda. That's another story. Um, so Shalem is from Cote d'Ivoire originally. He did his doctorate of philosophy in France. Uh, at the Sorbonne, he's a student and disciple of Emmanuel Levinas, and he taught philosophy and studied in France, in Israel, and now he's a professor of philosophy in Ouagadougou and one of the founders of the university in the capital of Burkina Faso. Uh, Shalem is a, an observer of European anti-Semitism in the 1990s while he was living in France. He and his colleagues created JUAF, uh, J-U-A-F, it was Jews and Africans, it was a, an organization for Jewish and African uh, dialogue and rapprochement. He's actually in the process of creating, attempting to create the Emmanuel Levina Center in uh, West Africa for African and Jewish uh, dialogue and understanding. And this was the first organization in France uh, that existed ever between Jews and Africans. Um, He's also involved in defining issues of anti-Semitism and the language and discourse, as well as the metaphysical poison of uh, anti-Semitism and hatred in general. And that uh, Shalem is an uh, international uh, scholar who's not just fluent in different, many different languages, but is fluent in African, European, and Jewish uh, thought, which is uh, fluency Beyond uh, fluency in one civilization is enough. That's why it's three. So it's a great honor to welcome uh, a brother and a friend and a scholar. I'd like to stand up and speak because that's uh, our work as a professor. We use to stand. There is a table, but I prefer that is a good position. So, so I'm going to introduce myself again. He did it so well that uh, I see that I have a sister from Ghana. Ghana and Africa, it's uh, the same mixed population. And the democracy is the same. But it's a pity that there is no much Africans in the, the public. So that will be a good discussion. What I'm going to speak about is globalization, anti-Semitism, globalization, anti-Semitism in uh, Southern Africa. That means West Africa. Mainly why, why West Africa? Because we know, already know that in South, in South Africa, West Africa and North Africa, the Arab presence is very strong. And uh, the West Africa, West Africa was the last party in the strategy of uh, Islamization of the world that was not accomplished. Now, with Mali, it happened 
and it for a long, long, long year we'll have to fight to protect people's life, to, prefer, to protect uh, our friends' life, and also to protect uh, the small and the starting democratic area. What I'm going to speak about today has to do with uh, three things. First of all, uh, a main constat, a fact about anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism in the world. That is a fact. And after that fact, I want just to ask some questions. It's speculative questions, it's more philosophical questions, but uh, my way of dealing with uh, questions are very simple. Force. My English is Africans, uh, French, and uh, Israeli, uh, let's say, accents. So when I speak my English, sometimes people have to type terms. So my questions are very simple. And simple questions are very interesting to help people to catch what you want to say. At the heart of a globalization, while the states in the world turn towards a realization of a cosmopolitan society that makes an international society in the meaning of the philosopher Kant that means that we'll have uh, the UN and everything will be dealt by all the humanity at the same moment where the world is trying to build up a global world when we the survivor of Holocaust had worked for peace, to create a world of peace, paradoxically, at the same time, humanity seems to plunge to go back to elementary feelings, to regressive and barbaric practice, to crimes against Jewish everywhere in the world. With globalization, Antisemitism and anti-Zionism became world global warming. It became a total and an absolute ideology. Amongst this new anti-Zionist, which is equal for me, anti-Semitism and anti-Zionist is synonymous. I have already wrote an article about this, but we'll come back again. Among these anti-Zionists and anti-Semitists, there are black people. There are people from third world. There are people from my native country. So my question is, whether we are going back to the period of Hitlerism period. Do the humanity is going back to the times where Hitler and his ideology were searching Jewish uh, for, on the base of racist, race difference to kill them? That is a very important question. Because in France, in Europe, everywhere, there is an attack against Jewish shops, against Jewish life, against people who just want to live the life where their parents came in France, in Belgium, or United States. So the question is to know, uh, we have to ask, is to know if the will of power that we see with the new ideology, 
that some Muslims or Islam or some Muslims, black, green, yellow, profess. If that Islamization of the world is not going back in the Middle Age period. To begin, I want just to ask uh, to to put some other uh, to put up some questions concerning why in the 18, 1980, when my friend and I we were creating bridge between Jewish and, Af uh, and African, why at the same moment some Africans from the same origin like me, or from Caribbeans, or uh, from France, were creating or exporting Afro-Americans, activists, anti-Zionists, and anti-Semitism? That is a question. And why it happened that today, you can see this guy, whose name is uh, Seba, who has been educated and trained by the black uh, Islamist, uh, Islamic nation, received honors, and is now the leader of uh, the anti-Zionists in France. Now he's living in Africa, he come back to Africa, because uh, he doesn't want anyone to live in France. The question, why this guy was exporting activists, Afro-American Afro activists and anti-Zionist ideology to France? Why at the same moment, me and other friends, we were few, very few, we were, that is to, to smile. We were four person, three from a Muslim family. <laughs> there is Ablaï, Ablaï Baro, Suleiman Hosseini uh, uh, Fatai, and after one Jewish, uh, Maurice Dorez, he is a, a, a little Litvak Jewish, but uh, work in Africa and he's. This uh, Jewish Africa is Jewish Africa, and uh, the other Muslims, uh, uh, Suleiman, Abdullahidaro, and uh, Husseini, we were uh, Africans and pro-Zionists. Okay. The question to say to to ask why it happened some people refuse to be anti-Semite and to be anti-Zionist, why other people accept to be it. This question is very important. And with this question, we have to come to philosophy. The method used by philosophy to describe things. I will give an opposition for, I, I, I apologize if there are people who like phenomenology, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, Russell, all these uh, big philosophers were, are very important. But we have to ask one question. Why European philosophy failed to prevent the society from committing Shoah. Why they, they, they were not able to describe what was happening between the two worlds? So my first part is a methodology, is against methodology, and the methodology of phenomenology. If you want to describe some things according to the phenomenology, you have to go to the roots 
all the things. The intentionality has to create a kind of, uh, uh, not dialectic, but interactivity between the subject and the object. That is the basic things of, uh, of phenomenology. But let us take another element of phenomenology, the consciousness. The intentionality is always watching some things. And without the order, it cannot accomplish its rhetorical work. Why this, 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 this philosopher failed to analyze what they did? At the opposite, why the young Levinas, he was just 26 years old, wrote a, a, a small article, three, four pages, in the Christian's review. And he said that, la volonté de puissance que l'Allemagne, I will translate it, la volonté de puissance que l'Allemagne retrouve, est une volonté qui amène avec elle-même la négation de l'humanité. The power, the will that German society, through Hitlerians, has discovered, brought, uh, break with itself the negation of humanity. Is not, he's saying, is not only a question of uh, liberalism. It's not a question of ideology, but it concerns man in the deepness of his humanity. Why Levinas, as a young phenomenon, he, he knew uh, Husserl, that I knew himself. I go to uh, his uh, house, we spoke uh, when I was starting my doctorate, I go, I spoke with him, I said, I want to make a comparison with you, between you and Nietzsche. He said, you know, he was speaking with this little back accent. You know, Konipani, Nietzsche is a big philosopher, but I'm not a Nietzschean. That was to teach me that if you read as a philosopher, we have to read a lot, a lot, but we have to think a lot. But thinking and reading need a methodology. Why Levin has succeeded to see in the, the, the title of uh, the article is quelques éléments de la philosophie de l'Hitlerisme, some element of Italian, Hitlerian philosophy. Why did he succeed to print out this kind of barbary ideology? How it happened that my friend and I, we avoid yesterday, today, and tomorrow to be anti-Zionist. Even the majority of our friends come from Muslims family. I will give you just an element. The mind of someone is like his body. What your mind eats, your mind becomes, and your humanity becomes what you are eating. If you eat, and after you have a good digestion, your mind can be strong, and you can overcome all kinds of temptation. And anti-Semitism is not a temptation against Jewish, but it's a temptation against our own humanity. So we were reading not only all the Western philosophy, philosophers, but we were also reading people who cross the tragedy, the unknown tragedy of Shoah. 
we were reading. We were saying, okay, we know the story. We, we know the story. We know that we come from a slave. Our father or father come from slave, slavery period. We know that we are still in colonization period. But we were not able, and we cannot understand, in 1980, that Le Pen, all the uh, left party, uh, west, um, right party, were insulting Jewish. Ah, you are everywhere, every day, in the TV, it was a Jewish. And also, through our reading, we were protecting our minds and our humanity. Who were the people we read? I read The Night of Elisa, Primo Levi, Aimé Césaire, Franz Fanon, those people who fathers were slaves, but they never go in anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism. If you take the, the work of MSZ, his strong words, he defend black that anyone in the generations did. Never he has a word against Jewish. Affair. <laughs> in the contrary, he said that okay, Jewish, Africans, Indians can say thank you to uh, to racist. You don't put us in again in uh, Holocaust. You don't want a new Holocaust. Why should Jewish and African say thank you to Europeans? Just Barbara, you have to read uh, discourse on colonialism. So that protects us. So if we are phenomenologists, we are also to, to feel, to feed up our mont uh, uh, mentality, our spirit, and our body with good readings, and also to think with our readings. That was it's why I don't I never even have a good phenomenologist among the, the, uh, the good, 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 good in France. And I never define myself like phenomenologist. And from that uh, element, I come to another element. Why should a black man like me, who define himself like a Pan-African, and I am, I create also associations, Pan-Africanity association, Le Cap in Poitiers, you can check it in Poitiers, and Le Club Ivoire La Vienne. Why and how is it possible for a, a Pan-Africanist to be a Pan-Africanist, to be proud of Pan-Africanist, and also to be pro-Zionist and to defend Zionist? How is it possible? It's just possible because, how I say, we reject things that we don't understand. We don't mix confusions. We don't make confusions by word we learn, concept we learn. What kind of confusion we reject? We reject, as I reject today, judeophobia, negrophobia, uh, decolonization, post-Zionism. And I will just take, I will just take two examples. Post-Zionism, post-colonization. What means post-Zionism and what means post-colonialist. I used to ask this question to my students in Tel Aviv and also in Betalel where I was teaching. I said, okay, let's speak about post-Zionism. You say post-Zionism, when something is post, okay, it's handed, it's over, we are in another period, but who killed Zionism? Why is, 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 what did the period the Zionism? So, one thing to protect 
one way to protect oneself from anti-Zionism, from hatred, from racism, is also to think about the concept we are using. That is a philosophical method, I don't know how to call it, but I think that protects ourselves uh, being what we are not. The second thing, the second period uh, things that I want to ask, uh, to put, and you have to know, is some questions. The insupportable old questions, which are now problems for Jewish and many for Africans. What means for an African who is a Pan-Africanist to be also a pro-Zionist? First of all, it's a question of responsibility. If you are in life, you have to be responsible. But we all know Jean-Paul Sartre's theory of responsibility for lot. Uh, be existentialist is to be responsible for all the things. But let me take the opposite position, a theoretical position. I think that be, being responsible is first of all be responsible for oneself. If you are really responsible for yourself, also you can be responsible, freely responsible for other, other person. So when an African is defending Zionism, when African is a Pan-Africanist and also combating uh, anti-Semitism, is not combating, according to the definition I gave for responsibility, is not defending and combating uh, anti-Zionism for the Jewish, but is defending for in order to protect his own humanity. As I already quoted in Levinas' uh, text, in the period of Italian, uh, in the Italian period, people didn't know that they had to protect their own society from the barbarians' ideology. And so, for me, combating anti-Zionism, contemporary anti-Zionism, combating terrorists who hide who hide the, uh, the, the, the goal, which is to destroy Jewish, the terrorism, the fight against terrorists is not to fight terrorists for fighting terrorists, is to fight to protect ourselves, our society, our life, the life of our friends, wherever they will come from. So for me, the second step I was enjoying is that responsibility in fighting anti-Semitism, fighting anti-Zionism is for our own life. And then we can, with a kind of lucidity, fight for Jewish. It's not ideology, it's a, my description, philosophical approach of responsibility. Okay, we can, we can discuss what means a, a responsibility for the others, but it was my experience, and that way of thinking, by reading Levinas, by reading Franz Fanon, by reading Primology, by reading Elie Wiesel, uh, and also by the digestion of our reading, and by standing for moral position, even we are critical, that has been the way and the method my friend and us, even we were from Muslim family, that protect us to cultivate in ourselves and to be 
to cultivate hatred and to be what we want, we don't want to be. I will just come now, as uh, I told that uh, fighting anti-Zionism, uh, fighting anti-Zionism, anti-Semitism is for an Africans his own responsibility. Let me quote some equation, false equations that is always used by pro-Africans -Afri who are pro-Palestinian or sometimes who have this weakness to understand some fighting, that independence fighting. It is very important. There is four equations I want to underline that a responsibility for the African I am and the Zionist, the pro-Zionist I am and not a post-Zionist or not a post-colonial but I'm the, the man and moral man I want to be and to remain. Usually people by their objectivities, by criticizing Israel policy or by intermerging in the the conflict between Israel and Palestinians, they use some equation. And Africans have to take care. And they have to understand that are false equation. What are these equations? The false equation is Zionist is colonization. That is a false, false, false equation. Just one remark. Where did you see that Jews want to to transform Palestinian into Jewish, to 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 erase, eradicate the civilization, and to make all the Palestinian Jewish. No, there is no this kind of uh, imperialism, uh, uh, religious imperialism to transform. There is no colonization. That is a question even Jews have to learn. Sometimes in the newspaper we use uh, this word uh, in English, colonization, secular. No, there is no colonization in that world. And as Africans, I consider like an insult to take some things like colonization and to put in a conflict, which is not, nothing to do with colonization. That is the first false equation. The second equation is to say Zionism is racist. I will just, because uh, it, it put out, but life is life. When you are born from a family, my mother doesn't know one word in French. Uh, those who know that my mother was born the, during the colonial family, uh, the colonial times, as she is from the family of chief, she went to white man's school one day, and she she come back at one day. She said in language, I don't want to go back there. I don't know what I'm doing in this school. <laughs> I prefer to go to the farm and to help my mother. And she just spent one day in a modern school. But her, her son is a, a man of many civilizations. <laughs> and so, okay. So my mother, my mother told me that everywhere you go, what you have in your heart, it's what people will give you. Is Israel is racist? Is Zionist is racist? I've been living 10 years in Israel. There is no ideology. There is no racial theory in the Bible, in, uh, in Israel society. 
I don't say there is no discrimination, there is no problem like uh, in all modern states. I will be a liar, not be conform to my ethical way of thinking. But there is no such kind of ideology in Israel that say that uh, Zionist has to be a racist and racism is the ideology. Let me say, they are speaking today of Ethiopians and Falasha. But the time the Falasha were starving in Ethiopia, the times they were killing there, they were, they were starving and many were uh, dying. Which country, which African country spends one dollar to protect one life, one Ethiopian, one Falasha life, no one. So sometimes we have in our objectivity or critical objectivity, we have just to speak with fact and to go on and to interpret the fact as we have to do it. The Jewish paid Sudan, North Sudan now, the pan Arab state just to save black life from black state as they did today with Sudan, South Sudan. They give uh, visa, they give even to Ivorians when we, uh, two years ago, when you were from Africa, you were welcome in Israel. They give paper to possibility. Who give to Ethiopia? the Falasha, even to the, the Sudan's visa, a shelter, a peace. No. No one, no African state did it. Sometimes, when we make some equation, we are also to see fact. We are speaking with uh, my friends, say, you know, you can say you love me, you love me, but Jewish tradition say, yes, you love me, your idea, your idealism is big, but just one fact, one, just do one thing that is the proof of your love. So my mother said, everywhere you go, what you are really in your life, will go out. And what the Jewish have in their the, the, the mind and their culture is to save. One life is like to save all the world. And they save Sudanese life. And the war in Sudan, was not a war uh, for political area or for business. It was also what we see and what happened in Mali. But African states didn't make one test. So let's come to the first equation, racism. There is no racism. I can say that, uh, as I know what happened in Jewish community, I will say that uh, the only person or the only tribes which is discriminated in Israel is the Levi and the Cohen. And after we have Israel, that, uh, let me explain you. It's a very interesting, it's a philosophically interesting. You know, the Jewish love, what I like in with the Jewish, they love reading, they love, they love books. Okay, in the society, the hierarchy is Cohen, Levi, and Israel. You can be converted yesterday, but you are Israel and no faith, no way, no discrimination. Okay? But if you are Cohen and Levi, okay, if they have to read the Torah, Cohen and Levi and after Israel. That is democracy. No new no converted, no more converted, no the, 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 the father of the president. You are in Israel, 
You don't say, I'm the father, I'm the son of the president, and I, after the levy to me. No. <laughs> Israel. That is the democracy. And the levy and the coin don't have a, a small piece of land. They don't have the right to have it. Israel has the right to have it. That is democracy. Those who don't want to make a theory, they have to take inspiration from that. And the first time I see it and I try to, I say, yes, that is good, you know. Uh, even you come from the jungle, uh, you, if you are converted, you are the equal of the everyone in the society. You are Israel. Nothing, no way. Okay, if you are lazy like this guy, okay, so it is uh, the patron. But the patron is patron only when we have to read the Torah. But in the society, don't have more right than another one. His only right and uh, what's it privilege is when he has to work like Levi. And if there is a temple, he has to work. And I will come and say, okay, do this and we'll do. So there is no racism. We have to be, there is no racism. I don't say there is no stupid people, okay, all over the world. But I say there is no racist theory. And we Africans, we have to know this. The second thing, the third thing is uh, Zionism is apartheid. Let me tell you that I was not in a, okay, I grew up, I was defending apartheid, even I went to, when I was young in France, I would go to East German, defending South Africa, and, and so, okay, there is no kind of uh, apartheid. Um, a press novel make the film. He said that okay, uh, the society is like uh, apartheid society. I think that for the three elements, I quoted, I quoted four Africans: colonization, racism, and apartheid. Exclusivity of Africans. So we don't have to sell it in the garbage. We don't have to give it for the the fight that not concern us. We have to protect and to, 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 to save our historicity from false equation. It's why the equation between Zionism and apartheid and the society of Israel with apartheid society is not the way. It's not the same. Those who want to do, they have just to go to Israel to have the visa. They have to stay there one year, two years, and then while their eyes, they can uh, do it. Remember that I told you that uh, the method, phenomenology method, fails to see, to describe things. And I'm not a man who just say things because I'm a, uh, under ideology. No, it's not possible. I was young, I didn't do it. It's not now, I'm going to do it. So this third equation as also for Africans are important because some People use the tragic element of African story in order to defend what we cannot defend. The last equation, fourth equation, that come from a president, or an elected president, is that Zionism is a crime against humanity. That is the last thing that I think uh, it disturbed me and I quote it, I put it, but I didn't finish to think about it. The description or the understanding of that word 
is so hard for me. I didn't. I just got it uh, to some some day ago, and I didn't want to go inside of it. But it's obvious that it's not a crime. Zionism is not a crime against humanities. I just give you examples. Sudanese people, they are black, more black than me. But who give them protection? Who help them? All the world shut them out. Israel give bridge, take plan, give them the possibility just to save their life. Why did they do? Which is which Arabs country fought against the crimes that the president of North Sudan was doing? They were doing. They were. They, they were killing those people because they are pagan, according the the Islamists point of view. They are pagan that we have to convert. How is it possible that we have such a pagans in our in Sudan? It was a racism uh, war. And as Africans, as now our generations, we don't have to support this African seed who don't help our own nation. Israel did it. If Israel was racist, racist against blacks, they won't do it. They won't do it. And the, the moment they do it, it was not after the uh, Sudan independence. It was before. It was before. They did it till the independence of South Sudan. So that is as Africans, as those who want uh, really understanding between people, Jewish and other people, we have just to take care about element of our uh, civilization and our historicity. After this the question, I'm coming just to uh, the important part of uh, my lectures, which is about South Africa, uh, Saharan Africa and Islamic. Islamism. First of all, if you want to understand how it happened that today Mali has been attacked by, by uh, by Muslims, by Islamists, you have to go to the 19th century. 19th century, colonizers used Muslims, African Muslims, first of all, because there are many shops, you know, they go everywhere, and they are connections with Muslims, they are connections. But after, when this same Muslims say that the colonizers were Christians, they start to fight again. This Christians. I just quoted, uh, I can just give you a name of Samuri Toure, who was a, a big resistance, uh, well uh, represented in Africa in the memory, like a big personality because he was a good resident, but also he was also making uh, Islamization of West Africa against Christianity. But that at the 19th century. How Islams become fanatic in West Africa. First of all, I can say that in 19 was the turning point. My generation fought for democracy, democratic value. We were opposed to Ufubani, to all the dictators. And at the beginning of 19, they turn our uh, combat, our fight, 
towards representative democracy. From 1902 at the ball in France to today, they opened doors to Islamization. When I was young in Africa, there were no women who were going with uh, the will. Not at university, only the Wahhabia. The Wahhabia in uh, West Africa, they were the minority and the minority. We will look at them like, uh, you know, not only animal, but uh, with a way of pizza. But today, they are the majority. Uh, still, uh, last year, I was uh, the Secretary General of uh, private university, University of Wagatwa. In my own university, as a private and like university, but we accept people with fail. But that was not possible in public school. I just give another example. Um, uh, five years ago, six years ago, when I went to teach at Burkina University, my, my first course, it was between uh, three to eight, because we don't have uh, many classes. So sometimes you are one day, you start at three, and you stop at uh, nine in the night or at eight. When you are lucky, you can get two in the day. In the day. So I give them, like uh, at uh, five, I give them just uh, 30 minutes, uh, 13 minutes, just to rest. And some Muslim students come, oh, we want to go to pray. And I say, what? They say, we won't go to pray because... Uh, I say, okay, you're going to go to pray, but if the Christians say, that is dangerous, and I want to go to pray, who am I going to teach? If the animists say that I want to go to the forest here and to make my glue, 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 who am I going to teach? <laughs> I, told, I told them, this is, a pra uh, this is a public university, it's a like university, I'm paid to give courses, and no one, if you want to, to pray at the moment, I give you, don't come to my course. Don't come. You decide to go to prime as Christian, or I don't go as the as the pagan of the animist, but if you enter in my courses, you know that is a public and like courses. So no way for a region things. That was the first thing. The second things that I, I saw that the fanatics, Christians and Muslims also more fanatics. The first thing is I see a big uh, advertising. Crossout. Crossout for Jesus at the big, uh, big place in Ouagadougou. It's called Place des Nations, Nation Places. With, uh, and I was shocked by the world, Brazil, here in in 21 century. And I went to the one boss, a big boss, with my friend, uh, I said, who allowed this? He said, uh, that is normal. I said, no. You have to see that. That is dangerous. Okay. No, it's not dangerous. Every year they do it. I said, okay. Okay, I'm Muslim. Okay, you know me. Okay, I'm Muslim. Okay. My, my friend is Muslim. Tomorrow, if they write, jihad for God, how did you stand in, in, in your... How did you accept it? So, ah, I didn't think it. That is dangerous. We were in uh, 2006. Okay? And three years after, 
uh, Christians and Muslims start to keep themselves in a, a small village in, in Burkina Faso, like in Nigeria. So what how, how Islam become uh, a, a fanatism and now how it's possible that all West Africa will become like in Nigeria where Christians are Christian mosques are being bombed by jihadism, how is it possible to become? So we have to take now about a two account sociological farm. Poverty, the lack of morality of the leaders, the starving, the starving of populations are the way that terrorism will become strong in West Africa. Meanwhile, Another way, at the moment, Christians are becoming more fanatic, also the Christ, the Muslims become more, more and more fanatic. But I come to the first questions that I, I asked in the beginning. Do with terrorism, do with the Islamization, do with the, what I quoted like a crimes against Jewish, do we are going back to the to the period between the two worlds? I'm sorry, I'm a, not an optimist person. <laughs> I try. I'm a Nietzschean. I try to be a lucid person. But I think yes. Even there are philosophers in France today who deny the reality of anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism. Anti anti I no, I'm not optimist. I will just use a word to finish. When uh, in 1994, I spent uh, like uh, okay, like uh, three, uh, ten, ten days with Elisabeth in the castle, in Normandy, Cerisi, and we were in the car, and I told to Elisabeth, you know that uh, African tradition say that man is the medicine for man. And he said, I was just close to him. And he said, yes. Also, man is a problem for man. Man is a killing man. And he will forget it. From 1994, when I'm thinking, all the time I give myself barrier limits, not to be uh, idealists, too more idealists. I'm an idealist, but not too much. I want to be a sceptic, like uh, is it the Nahmi Nahman Ibrahim say that every time before the disappearance, there's a step for hope. So I'm not optimist. But I'm like a disciple of uh, Rabbi Nachman Brafla. I like how to say, okay, it's a bad situation, but it can be good. So my conclusion is, I will conclude by the previous remark. Unlike Islamism, Islamaria, Uma, Umat in Nabi, wants community, universal religions, nation because they consider they are very proud and they think that with the, the number they can conquer the world again, I will say humbly that black 
in the world. Those who are not hypocrites. Those who want just to live and to give what they work for to their children. I ask this person not to forgive or to, to let Africa facing Islamization. Why? Because Islamization will be for Africans to go back to slavery time. So I, among those who always try to create bridge between Jewish and African and those who want to join us and to fight those who want to kill us. To kill us because we want or uh, we don't have the same way of believing or thinking of being anti-human beings. Thank you.